Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed, my colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated Whatever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. You can describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Tamaria podcast, Hordes of Chaos, episode 186. Gonna stay right now, going solo without Neko for a couple of months. She's out on travel for work, so I'm holding down the fort. Be just me by my lonesome. A uh, couple of notes uh, I did get a new metal box uh, rival, so I'll be putting up a video for that. Uh, you'll probably be up by the time you even hear this, so. Also, just did a, a new pop, a new YouTube uh, segment with a friend of mine called Poetic Carnage. It's all about sports and sports talk. So, spent a couple hours. We're gonna do that like once a month, and in hopes to uh, you know 
people who are interested in about NFL and other sports and stuff like that. So if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. It's on YouTube right now. Uh, he and I will be doing it once a month to catch up on stuff and NFL related, mainly NFL and football. But uh, we will talk other sports like base basketball and baseball and, of course, soccer and stuff like that, and hockey. Um, I do have some other things in the works with a couple other friends of mine. Uh, one guy I've met through Rob at ETN. I'm going to try to do a video with him uh, focusing on werewolves and because uh, he's a big werewolf guy like I am. So we've been kind of talking a little bit. So I'm going to try to get something done with him uh, doing that. And then um, another friend of mine, Lone Wolf, if you've seen him, Lone, uh, Lone Wolf Ronin on uh, Samurai's channel. Uh, try to do some things with him where maybe once a month we get together and uh, talk a little martial arts, uh, martial arts movies. Uh, I have one in particular I'm going to start with with him and we're going to try to hook up and do that. Uh, it's one of my favorite films uh, in more recent years. So we'll be checking out and we'll just kind of alternate. He'll choose one for the next time around and so on. Today, I've got a lot of great new music coming your way. Obviously, promotion and labels are all involved in there. Um, by the time you hear this, I've done like a, a spotlight for Metal Devastation Radio Promotions. They had a bunch of stuff that I needed to get catch up, caught up on uh, with the new material they were sending me. So I, I did like an entire podcast dedicated to them and their uh, stuff they sent me. So check that out for sure. Uh... What we got? Uh, let's kick off this first block. We got a couple of uh, classic pieces of material from Hazarax as well as Misery. Here's Lifeless. Oh, 
Topics for today are all animated uh, focused and uh, held on to them mainly because Neko had not watched them and she doesn't really find much interest in these particular ones except for maybe one of them but she wasn't really keeping up with it like I was. Um, so I had to talk about with uh, season three of the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO Max. Uh, there's a Berserk anime movies. Uh, there's like a trilogy of them on Netflix. And then I want to talk about Primal uh, season two on HBO Max as well. And that's the first one I'm going to get to. Uh, Samurai was actually the one that introduced me to this uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, it's an anime series about a guy, a uh, caveman basically, uh, named... Uh, spear and what happens at the beginning of the series is that his family is killed by uh interestingly enough a, a red t-rex looking creature even though it has a horn on it so no, it's not really a t-rex but it's, it's you know definitely a predator so uh this particular carnivore killed his family and it was actually teaching its two its younger ones to come and you know how to hunt and they were hunting humans at that point so spear made his business to try to hunt because it killed every every everyone in his clan he was the left one last one alive so uh he made his life's mission to hunt down this 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 carnivore that killed his his family and and, and clan so he ends up coming across the creature that had killed his family, but the creature was in, uh, basically attacking another uh, actual Tyrannosaurus and its two younglings. So it was kill it killed the mother uh, and then killed like one of the children. And the interesting thing about Primal is, and I don't know if I discussed it before or not because I kind of forget what I talk about sometimes, but I'm sure I did. But it, it doesn't hold back on the gore at all. Like, yeah, it doesn't hold back on, like, children dying, uh, baby animals dying. Like, it's it's pretty brutal. And I, I really like that about that. Um, I'm trying to remember... Jendi uh, Tartakovsky, he's the one that's actually created this. And it was initially an uh, adult swim, so where you get Metalocalypse and, and Pick Mr. Pickles and stuff like that. That's the, the show where it came from. But HBO Max picked it up uh, smartly. And uh, so what ends up happening with the carnivore that killed Spears' family, he's now confronting it, uh, helping the T-Rex, uh, I should say, yeah, the T-Rex, uh, it's sort of like a baby, but it's not. It's like a juvenile. And so together they're going to tackle this creature that's much larger than both of them. And so they end up killing it and they sort of get befriended. And they develop a bond. So it's kind of interesting that this caveman now has a bond with a T-Rex. And But, you know, they hunt together and they fight together. He actually jumps on the T-Rex's back and... So they kind of, in the first season, they kind of go and they deal with, like, some of the supernatural, but they got a lot of little witchcraft in there and stuff like that. And 
other clans that are have pit fighting and stuff like that. So there's a lot of cool shit that happens. Now season two, at, by the end of season one, uh, there's this disconnect with Spear and humanity because he hasn't seen another human in quite a long time. And he ends up coming across this uh, woman named Mira who has... She she's definitely looks like she's um, African American. Uh, basically, she was taken as a slave, so she's got like this uh, tattoo or mark on her head. Like that's what all the slaves have, uh, and it was done by the Northmen. So she's they meet up and they're kind of bonding a little bit. They're kind of getting used to her. Spears kind of wary of her, but by the time she gets kidnapped at the end of season one he's really upset about it so he, he he and fang which is what he named the tyrannosaurus that he hangs with uh he basically is gonna go try to find it out so they're crossing oceans on rafts you know made you know wood made rafts and whatnot and still fighting and they end up coming across the northman village where she's being held and at first, he's trying to get them to kind of all, like, all the slaves to fight together. Like, Mira's there, and she's trying to help get the slaves to come together and fight against the Northmen. It is kind of hard, because up until that point, Spear only knows about, like, wooden weapons. Like, you know, meeting the Northmen, you've got armor that's made of metal, swords that are made of metal, uh, and they're much stronger adversaries. So, but it's an incredible scene uh where they're fighting and they end up killing the mother and the child like spear and fang end up killing the mother and child the the, the male the king is not there at the moment he's on a trip on his ship somewhere and, but they really portray the woman, of course, as a shield maiden and very strong. And there's a lot of fighting. You know, even Fang takes some arrows to the inner body, and he's wounded a little bit. But strong dinosaur. Uh, and then they leave and depart. And when the king gets back, he's like pissed. He's got his younger. He's got his oldest boy with him. So now it's really. His whole like now the Northmen's in village is just toast. Like none of them are alive, and you know the younger kid was killed by an arrow. Even though Spear was not wanting to harm the kid, the kid was trying to stab him, and you know just doing what a Northman kid would do, who has been taught to fight till death or whatever. That's their culture and legacy. Uh, so obviously the king is going to get with his oldest son and go try to hunt down spear and fang even though he doesn't know exactly what he's looking for at that point now there's there's another thing about this season that's interesting it becomes a lot more it pulls a little bit more at the heartstrings uh and that and really that first part of it where i mean you, you kind of learned that early on in the first season too but uh the second season really kind of develops a lot of that between spear and fang and, and so they end up getting separated somehow, Spear and Fang do, and, and Fang ends up coming across another creature that looks like that, that carnivore from the first season, and it's a bit younger, but it has, like, 
uh, interest in Fang. Like, you know, they're kind of sort of like playing cat and mouse, hide and seek type stuff uh, when they go after a meal. They're actually competing at first, and when Fang gets it, he fully expects this other creature to try to fight him for it, but the creature backs off. And so Fang's like, oh, okay, well, I've got a friend now. So he shares the food, and they eat together, and then they start hunting together. Uh, now, while this is going on, Spear has come across uh, another village uh, with Mira. And these people are, are a little bit more friendly. Uh, they're helping heal wounds and stuff and helping them out. Um, but then what happens is Fang and this other creature they've been befriended with, or she's been, we find out she's a Fang as a she, befriended with, uh, come across that village, but they don't know that Spear and Mira are there. So they start attacking the humans like it's a hunting party so they're just attacking at this point uh and spear tries to stop you know fang from and killing people and it's becoming really you know crazy because now the village is getting on the defensive getting their weapons and doing more arrows and but the other creature that's with fang you know doesn't know who spear is and is still attacking people so Spear tries to attempt to kill the other creature. And, of course, Fang jumps in front of that creature to protect it from Spear. So there's this confusion. But, you know, like I said, the creature that Fang has been hanging with looks a lot like the creature that killed Spear's family. So he really only sees rage right now. And he doesn't understand what Fang is trying to do in terms of, you know, keeping everybody at peace. Uh, what ends up happening, though, is they get the better of the second creature that's with Fang, and they kill it. And Fang is, like, distraught and pissed, you know. And it, it isn't pissed to the point where it wants to hurt Spear. It just decides it's going to leave, and, you know, Fang, uh, Spear is kind of, like, guilty because he, he knows there was something more of a connection there with the Fang and this other creature. So... For a while, they're kind of distant, and they're not really talking in the sense, you know, they don't really talk anyway. There's very little words, but a lot of grunts, and rah, 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 that thing. that's how they communicate, basically. Uh, so, eventually, they, they, you know, Mira helps kind of heal the, the wounds and whatnot, and they kind of work together. And then this is where they find out that Fang is female because she ends up laying like two or three eggs and she's protecting it. And Spear and Mira kind of want to move on, but Mira's like, no, we can't really do it because the eggs are there and they got to be protected and, you know, kept warm and everything. So, but they do manage to get the eggs to, uh, you know, they put the eggs in the boat and they tell in the way they can, like, direction wise for fang to jump in the boats it'll be okay uh because fang's kind of weary at first doesn't want humans around her eggs because a fear of course them killing it now there's a point in season two where i told you about the the king northman and his oldest son well they end up catching up with and i think it's actually before the eggs are laid so i kind of jumped ahead but 
they end up catching up with Spear and Fang and uh, and Mira, and they end up having a battle, um, even on birds somehow. Spear and the King of North and got on some birds were fighting each other, but uh, they end up killing the eldest son. He falls to his death because uh, he's on one of the birds and he gets knocked off and he splats. And then the the father gets there and again he's enraged. So they, there's another battle and he loses the battle. And there's an interesting thing here where we see him basically kind of go into Valhalla or, or attempting to. And rather than go into the afterlife, he wants revenge. So he basically makes a pact with, I can only assume is maybe Ragnarok or something. It, it was so basically this god like transforms the father into like this fire human beast or whatever. And is going to search out and try to find his revenge um so while that's kind of in the back burner um spear fang and mirror they end up getting captured by an egyptian princess uh who's got an army and she basically collects a lot of fighters to go with her to basically uh invade and take over different civilizations and villages and stuff and she's got like a lot of power behind. She's a very evil woman. So one of the guys that she has is this really big dude who also came from some, I'm, I'm guessing some African clan somewhere. And in order to get him to fight, like he's so big, he can crush people like with his palm of his hands. Let's squeeze their heads and it'd be done. He's that big. Uh, but in order to get him to fight, he had the queen has his daughter and keeps her prisoner and basically threatens to kill her any time that he decides he wants to fight back or push back on her not to not to fight. And this ends up becoming a, a pivotal point for Fang and Spear because she after the uh, the babies hatch, uh, one of the babies is killed and the. The queen has the two other ones that she keeps on little leashes or chains and she's able to keep fang and spear in check to fight for her for a while um eventually there is a revolt uh with the bigger dude uh and of course mira and fang and spear fighting against the egyptians and and basically end up winning and uh getting their freedom basically only to be confronted by uh, the big godlike Northman that finally catches up to him. And at this point, this is where stuff gets really crazy uh, in terms of like what I wasn't expecting. And there's a little bit of spoilers here. Um, so if you want to just skip this last part, it's fine. Uh, even though it's been a couple weeks now, but I, you know, just in case you have not caught up with it, you can just stop here and just move on to the music and then you know later whatever uh so the god creature catches up with the spear and he's fighting both him and fang and mirror and it's really tough to defeat this guy because if you touch him you're just incinerated like that's how crazy this guy is he can transform into a like a fireworm which what he does and that's kind of like a nod to the northman mythology uh so he ends up fighting spear but spear get does get the best of him like at some point 
I guess the Ragnarok god or the main god thinks that uh, the Northman King got his revenge because by the time Spear is done fighting, he's like burnt really bad. You can barely recognize him. The hair is gone just because it's been singed off. And the Northman, is, his powers are taken away from him. He's taken back down to wherever he's now going to be, which probably isn't Valhalla because he probably passed on that to have his revenge. So Ragnarok has him probably somewhere. I'm assuming it's Ragnarok just because there's a fire god and stuff. So, uh, so Mira takes Spear and Fang to uh, her 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 village. She ends up running into her old clan before she was kidnapped and taken the first time to be a slave. So they are trying to help Spear heal, but his he's really succumbing to his his injuries and. He, the only thing you can really say is Mira at the end there. And so the last scene that we have for season two, and I don't know if they're even going to go into season three. They might, but it's kind of one of those things where you've grown attached to the, the main characters. Uh, Spear being in this case, and now that he's passed away, it's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, they could expand on that, obviously, because you have Mira. And then we know that Fang also has grown up now. Um... Well, older, I should say, and he has two uh, the two young ones that are now older, two bigger and larger, and uh, now Mira is basically riding Fang is you know a hunter or whatever, so they hunt together as a, a trio, and it's really a cool scene. Um, but it it did leave me a little like, oh my god, they killed off Spear! I can't believe it. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. Uh, but it, it's really kind of a heartfelt thing, like, for an animated series to get. And I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. Because they just didn't hold back on anything. It was, you know, basically in reality. Like, you know, I know it's not reality, but at the fact the fact that kids do die. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about, like, lands of monsters and myths and witchcraft and whatever, it, it's pretty much what you would expect. So check it out. It's on HBO Max, the first two seasons. Um, I have to go back and see if they're going to do a, a third one at all. But uh, it was really good, really, really good. I enjoyed that, and I thank Samurai for uh, introducing me to that series because it's incredible. All right, let's get back into our music. Um, new stuff from Ares Kingdom in here, Power From Hell. I just got a shirt from them from Metal Bo Metalhead Box, and uh, so you'll be hearing some of them. Brand new scenery, reanimator, and frolic. Uh, but here's a band called Cruzavix uh, from a guy that sent me it through an email that plays Serpentai. Check it out. Be back.
Introducing the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platform. Metal Tavern is a heavy metal, rock music, and movie podcast where they discuss movies, music, current events, and feature live interviews with bands, artists, and YouTube personalities. They spotlight independent labels and feature the underground bands the label represents. Again, that's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Stream it today on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, YouTube, and at the website MetalTavernRadio.com. Many episodes up for you to listen to already, and make sure you subscribe to be notified of future releases. That's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Go listen, download, and subscribe today. You can also connect on Facebook, search Metal Tavern Radio, and follow the guys on Twitter at DJ Anubis88 and DJ underscore Nico Caffreak.
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite comic breeding lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaboration with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace. Chewing off some gummy bears here. Uh, excuse me. Uh, so we're going to jump into our rock block now. Uh, got some new stuff from Cripple Black Phoenix, Sonia. Also got uh, new stuff from August and Slipknot, which is interesting because the song. There's some songs on the new Slipknot album. I'm, like, I'm not even the biggest Slipknot fan, right? Uh, I was more impressed back in the day when I discovered them at Ozfest, you know, before they gave him really big, but overall their music doesn't really do a whole lot for me in, in terms of like me listening to them on a regular basis, but you know, I checked out the new record, that's what I do, and uh, it isn't really that bad, like it's interesting because it seems like they have incorporated uh, a lot of the uh, Stone Sour type vocal arrangements in it, and some of the songs I kind of felt like were almost like post-rock, like, uh, especially the opener. Um, and I think I did choose Medicine for the Day, which I'm going to play for. I think that's one of them that kind of has a very unique vibe about it. I mean, it's very Slipknot, obviously, but uh, it could almost pass off as Stone Sour in some ways because Corey uses his clean vocals a bit on this record, too. And I know he's kind of dabbled with it on other Slipknot records, but... Uh, this record seems like they're kind of going to full, you know, head first into a, a progressing as a band, I suppose, uh, in some ways. But um, also got Jimbo's Garage from Inverse Records, and right now kicking off from Metal Message is Biwo or Biwo, it's B I W O, called Live Now. <laughs>
phones on my desk at police headquarters when it suddenly happened. For the first few seconds, I didn't give it any thought. What the hell, I told myself, they'll come back on. I then turned in my chair, looked out the window in the direction of Wall Street, the financial district, the World Trade Center, and the Brooklyn Bridge. Everything was pitch black. My God, I remembered saying, it's a blackout.
electric light failed, individual New Yorkers in most neighborhoods were directing traffic. But in the worst slums of the city, the light of mindless violence lit up the sky as the blackout divided the town into two societies separate and unequal. In the Bronx, in Harlem, in South Jamaica, in Brooklyn, many of the have-nots abandoned whatever restraint had kept them in check. Tens of thousands of poor became a disorganized army of the night.
everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio.
everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. Slipknot, calling, closing out that rock block, Medicine for the Dead, off their newest release. Now we're going to talk a little bit about Harley Quinn Season 3, and if you haven't been keeping up, uh, this animated show is quite, quite good. I really enjoy it. Um, outside of this, like I remember Harley Quinn being introduced in the early to mid-90s with the... Uh, the Batman cartoon that came out, of course, she was more of the silly Joker sidekick and somewhat girlfriend, whatever, at the time. And then, of course, uh, when Suicide Squad came out, as well as Birds of Prey, they used, utilized the whole, like, Harley was in love with Joker and that kind of stuff with Margot Robbie playing uh, Harley Quinn, who's done a great job with that, obviously. But uh, the movies were missing something outside of, like, The Suicide Squad. I thought that was a much better movie, but... Uh, Suicide Squad and uh, Birds of Prey, I thought were really missing some things and really not that interesting overall. And the scripts were not very great and whatnot. Some of the characters and uh, actors portraying them weren't that great. And, and the biggest problem with Suicide Squad really was uh, Kara's version of Enchantress and then like some of the other characters that were really interesting, like Boomerang and I can't remember the Asian chick who was like a. A samurai like her character is really cool and then of course Deadshot by uh, Will Smith who's portraying that character like they really just missed some opportunities to give those characters a little more depth uh, so there was no like extent I mean I guess they said there was an extended version but it didn't do it any justice like there was so many problems when they wrote that movie that they fucked it all up but this animated series really doesn't hold back much like Primal it's not afraid to show you gore uh, it actually hasn't been a fr I mean, obviously it's not showing you tits and ass or anything like that, but it does, uh, show you a lot of kissing, uh, lesbian kissing, lesbian sex, uh, stuff like that. You don't see the sex, but you, it's certainly implied heavily, and, uh, it doesn't shy away from a lot of that. Uh, which is okay, because Harley ends up, at least through some circles, becomes interested in Poison Ivy. And uh, they become a couple now. Initially, the seasons one and two was featuring, well, season one mainly featuring Harley trying to escape the shadow of Joker and uh, not be a tool for him anymore. So then, of course, she falls for Poison Ivy, who was actually to be married to some other superhero, low-level guy. But uh, uh, outside of that, the show is kind of funny. It's I think uh, Kelly Kuko is her name. Uh, the girl from um, I can't remember. Uh, damn, I can't remember that show she was on, but it was pretty popular. But uh, she is the voice of Harley Quinn, and she does a really good job with this. Uh, I don't know how it would have been if we would have had Margot doing it, but you know, I often wonder if people were some people are better at voice work than others. I mean, some can do it flawlessly from acting to doing voice work, but or Margot just didn't want to do it. I don't know, one of those things. But she has a pretty big schedule with her movies. <laughs> but season three is basically now where 
Poison Ivy is wanting to, she's looking for a particular plant. It looks like Seymour from fucking uh, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. You know, he's kind of like that. And so I think she calls him Frank. And so basically she's trying to hunt him down. He got kidnapped. Uh, we know that Batman's the guy behind it. Um, to try to, because Batman wants to use the plant to resurrect his parents because he's still dealing with the death of his parents. So it's, it's really silly, but, uh, in season three ends up having zombies. And part of that is, uh, Poison Ivy is trying to make Gotham a plant, you know, a perfect paradise of plants and stuff. And uh, initially Harley is on board with this, you know, she wants to support her girlfriend and, you know, everything they're doing. They're trying to be a tag team villain duo. and But, you know, Harley is starting to change the way she views the world a little bit. Uh, I don't know if this is actually something in the comics. I'm not, I'm not a big comic nerd. Uh, but Harley, you know, despite having some villainous in her, is also a pretty good chick. Like, at least this character of her is... And she sees what's happening with her girlfriend and all the people becoming zombies and, you know, attacking one another and just becoming, you know, everyone's just basically robots. And that's not really something Holly wants. So she ends up finding a way to stop Poison Ivy from continuing this onslaught of, like, uh, hypnotizing and infecting everybody in Gotham to be zombies because eventually... Uh, Harley says, well, okay, then I'll just be one of them, too. And she tries to have a zombie get her, but that distracts Poison Ivy to protect Harley, of course, because she loves her and whatnot. So the season's really silly. Now, I don't know how long they can go with this. I won't say, like, it, uh, compared to Primal, it's not quite there in terms of, like, uh, substance on the plot, but... Uh, if you're looking just for shit that's silly and a lot of fun, uh, a lot of good jokes. Uh, in fact, a Commissioner Gordon is great in this, as well as, you know, you got Batgirl and, of course, uh, Robin and Miniature Robin. There's, like, so many different characters in this. Uh, King Shark's in this. Uh, I forget the uh, Mud Guy, but uh, he's pretty funny, too. He's... They all have, like, little side stories they have a little bit there with them. and So, eventually, I think what's happening is that Poison Ivy, by the end of a Joker, is offering her to be uh, the leader of the Legion of Doom or whatever it is. I forget the exact name, but they uh, Harley wants to be a part of that, of course. But Harley also doesn't want to be true evil. And I think, eventually, that's probably going to lead to some issues between harley and poison ivy down the road when season four comes around but uh catwoman of course has a relationship with batman there's just some di weird dynamics there with that it, again the, the, the animated show doesn't take itself too seriously so when it comes to like you know bruce wayne and catwoman kind of going and trying to get therapy to get through their relationship they have some dj love or something it's really quite comical and silly, but it's funny how it's done. It's still an enjoyable show. Uh, it's much better than what a lot of the DC stuff 
movie wise is out there like i just don't enjoy the, the real you know the the real stuff out there right now compared to this animated series um i think a lot of that though is just because dc still has failed to capture what marvel has i mean i know marvel's getting kind of oversaturated by now and there's a little bit too much out there but they still have a good game plan marvel does and dc dc i guess dc has kind of washed their hands of trying to compete with that but it kind of hurts their product at the same time so anyway let's get back into some more music uh i know this won't be like the longest show ever but uh about average some tribal gaze brand new stuff for them to gather in its presence
Willers. No, no, what else will be here? The Bennett Thompson of Black Metal. Well, the wannabe Black Metal Bennett Thompson. And the interpreter of the comics from SoundQ. You are in the company of DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Pattern Radio. The best place to be. Stay tuned with these legends. about Berserk, uh, really a series from manga that I'm not super familiar with, but I was advised by a couple in the Dojo Army to check this series out on Netflix. It's like three movies, but apparently like there was a series in the late 90s from like 97 to 2000 or something like that that uh, some would say is a little better than this. Uh, even the, like there's a lot of complaints about these three movies and Personally, I can't really say it's good. or I, I will say it's good. I enjoyed the shit out of them. Um, but I can't compare it to anything else because I don't know any of the history, the back history to these uh, this manga. But it, it's called Berserk, and it follows at least these three movies. It could be a little bit different with the series itself. But these three movies follow uh, a guy named Guts, G-U-T-S, and as the Black Swordsman. And basically... He's a hired mercenary that goes around fighting for whoever, you know, hires him to, to fight for them. And he ends up coming across uh, a particular group of, you know, foes that they're fighting. And it's kind of funny because the, the main guy that's popping up in the group is like this really big badass dude that supposedly nobody can beat. So Guts is like, well... You know, I'll try because Guts looks kind of wanky and he's got this big ass sword that he's dragging around. And uh, he goes in and he ends up killing this dude. Like, he fucks him up. And uh, up on the uh, the top part of the castle wall, because um, they're inside the castle at this point, uh, there's this guy named Griffith. He's the leader of what they call the Hawks. It's another group of mer mercenaries that are for hire. Uh, they're well known. Griffith is a very good fighter. Um, he's definitely got like a group of people with him uh, that follow him and they you know I wouldn't say worship him but they revere him very highly uh, the thing about I find interesting with um, this series which I think came out in 2016 is that the character of Griffith um, he uh I would say it's definitely he, but it, the way that they portray it's almost like the old school martial arts films where you sometimes would see fighters who, like, if it's a woman, they're training a man. Like, like it almost looks like Griffith is not really a particular sex, and it's very interesting because you, you, he is definitely a man. We see there's a point in the third film where he actually... Uh, could say forces himself on uh, a princess but she's kind of willing anyway because she really likes him but it's just that that leads to some some bad mojo for griffith at that point but the interesting thing about griffith is he becomes fascinated with guts as a fighter and they fight and griffith actually defeats guts at first and he's like okay if i beat you you're gonna join my hawks and, and help us fight. And if you beat me, you can do do whatever you want. So Griffith beats him, 
and he joins them and he fights with them and they be and really and eventually Griffith and uh, Guts become friends. Like some time passes now. The movies that I watched, the three movies, uh, when time passes, you don't really know. Like it, there's like it just it just catches you by surprise. You don't really it doesn't tell you like oh, this happens five years later or whatever. It just you kind of figure it out as it's going along. And it's like oh, okay, so we have some years to pass here, but they don't really let you know that. So it's kind of like a an editing problem in terms of like how the story's running because you're you're thinking everything's kind of running coherent. Uh, right behind one another for, per scene and then they kind of switch over to uh, many years later um but as the story goes on we learn that griffith has a an alternative uh agenda like when uh way back when when griffith was younger he and his wife uh or lover casca uh basically or not sorry that's Guts is lover, sorry. Uh, Griffith lost, uh, I believe, um, where is it? I just saw it written in here. Um, well, Griffith somehow attracts darkness. Like, he, he has, like, a mark or something that he got, and he's somebody, whenever they're fighting, this kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, in terms of, like, the monsters and stuff, almost like Vampire Hunter D. Uh, and Griffith is kind of like that guy that's constantly fighting these dark forces. But we learn later on that he actually is attempting to sacrifice his own people, like his own fighters and guts and everybody else, to become a god, a dark god. And uh, that I won't give too much away because I want people to kind of check this out, but it does lead to a darker ending now. I think that's part of the thing that leaves people kind of empty is that we see what happens at the end, but there's really no uh, conclusion to what's going on. Like, unless you've read the mangas and, and maybe saw the series from the 90s, like, there's really no way to know what happens after the third movie. Like, I don't think they made another one in that planet, too, I don't think so. It's just one of those weird things, like, you enjoy the shit out of these movies, but then, like, you want more, and it's not there. <laughs> so, uh, but I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, I know, like I said, people really hated it, and it's probably because of some of the things I mentioned. But, again, for an anime series, like, that I knew nothing about, like, it was a lot of fun, and a lot of cool fighting, I just wish there was a little bit more to go with it. But other than that, it, it's kind of good. Maybe I'll find a way to go see or, you know, find a way to see the, the series from the 90s and maybe even try to read the mangas if I can. I don't know where you can find stuff like that now, unless you're in a comic book somewhere. But I don't know too many around me that would probably carry that. But uh, it's cool to check out for just even... You know, you don't necessarily need to watch everything else, I don't think, unless you just really need to know more of the backstory. But it does a good job of just setting up what they're doing in those three movies. So check it out. It's on Netflix, all three of them. It's called Berserk. And it's a lot of fun. In our next couple of blocks, as we get ready to close out this edition of the Hordes of Chaos, we got some memories of a lost soul. Uh, provided by My Kingdom Music, Chaos Rising, provided by the Metal SPR, brand new Arsenia, 
Catapult from Quabar PR, but here's some brand new Praise the Sun from Grand Sounds Promotions. <laughs>
Anime from Darken and you are listening to the Horse of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio.
Thank you all for tuning in. Continue to support Metal Tavern Radio. Appreciate it much. Got a lot coming up. Going to Tennessee Metal Devastation in Lexington, Tennessee. So that would be fun next week. And actually this would be, yeah, close, close to that time. Yeah. Also got an up, uh, interview coming out with Grave Huffer soon. So I'll be doing that on both YouTube as well as the radio. So you'll be able to check it out on the podcast after I've done the video interview with them great band a lot of cool guys gonna be at the uh, devastation festival as well get a chance to see them live it'll be a lot of fun get to meet them all going down there with krypton scully from metalomania get a chance to see zach and raven from metals devastation radio thanks again all brand new stuff from mortius closing us out today this is metamorphosis